With 911 uh, Lone Star, <laughs> the emergency is always on fire. Sometimes, literally, here at Dispatching the 118, we like to take a careful, more closer look at the oh my god i'm having a problem with talking today guys you guys know the rest of the spiel i'm not even going to continue that because that was terrible hi laura we're off to a great start i think that we we got bamboozled by by thinking about cat we were we were thinking about our friend cat who um got an awesome job working for a bigger publication than what we work for and she got to interview um, one of the cast members of the regular 911. And so we were like, uh. <laughs> so, Kat, if you're listening, sorry, you owe us therapy. Anyways. Um... <laughs> yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay. Oh so, God. first things first, before we even jump into the episode, there are a couple articles that I found um on ew um because they get all the good interviews apparently um but there was one from the episode with marjan leaving that we didn't really discuss when we talked about that episode was that last episode was that the last episode Uh, i think so yeah yes yeah it was yeah okay so they talked to Tim Minear after the episode with Marjan leaving, and he basically said that they wanted to do an HR episode for a lot of reasons, but one of the HR? reasons was to see, yeah, to see how people with bad intent can manipulate the system. Um, and he said that I'm those sorry. people are coming back. HR, like human resources? Yeah. He wanted they to wanted do to do the episode HR episode. They wanted to do an, an episode with HR for some reason. And I'm like, there's a problem there. There's no need. Like, if you're going to do an HR episode, do it for Owen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm beyond stuck on the fact that he wanted to do an entire episode based on the arguably the most boring fucking department in any business <laughs> but the the most disturbing thing about this is that he said this isn't the last we've seen of the Geralds which are the people that went up against Marjan in the first place because she called the wife crazy so I'm like so we're gonna see them more like what is this mess we don't need to this see man- them again this man has been nominated for Emmys for like fantastic episodes of American Horror Story. And he legitimately was like, I want to do a whole episode on HR. Somebody <laughs> needs to get that cocaine away from that man and get him into therapy. Um, Something is going on. I feel like that's just a common common thread with like writers and creators this these days. They're like, what's the most traumatizingly terrible things we can put on television? <laughs> yes. And it's like, um, that's not it, bro. That's not it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's like they're like, it's like they've 
run out of ideas. But here's the thing. If you were to talk to my five-year-old niece, she would give you a whole plot for a 30-episode season. Like, she is full <laughs> of creativity. Hire this five-year-old to give you an idea. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> he said he focused on Marjan for that episode because it was the most unexpected person to have an HR report against them. And they would have Incorrect, the most, the, it would have the biggest effect on Marjan. And I'm like, I get where you're coming from, bro. But like, no. <laughs> I, I will say, I'm going to give him like the tiniest props. Like, like, you know how Mr. Krabs plays that tiny violin? Yes. It's like that, that somehow is the size of me snapping, giving him props mm-hmm. for not making it about her race. Yes. He made it about easily something could that have done everybody that. does. Yes. And he has yep. done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing from this interview for this episode, for the, the Marjan episode, is that he does mention that the HR woman that was flirting with Paul does make a reappearance as a potential like love interest thing for Paul. And I'm like, that's great because we need that oh, for him. Yeah. Okay. So I'm so glad we'll potentially be seeing her again. All right. Now, on to the interview I really want to talk about, which is the <laughs> one about this week's episode. Mm. where the first quote of the article is i felt like there had to be a casualty a casualty that mattered agent there wasn't. Said, <laughs> there literally wasn't like we've known her for three episodes and like we barely know her so like again the emotionality level is not there for me to care enough that she's suddenly like, call me Rose. (laughs) (laughs) The way that she said that was like, I honestly, in that like few seconds, I was like, okay, if they do this thing between her and Owen, I will not despise it. I won't like it, but I won't despise it. And then she immediately fucking died. Yeah. Like, what was the point? I am (laughs) What the fuck was the point? I am kind of sad that she died only because I love Amanda Shule so much that I'm like, yeah, I'm sad we won't be seeing her anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, she's, she's a gem. <laughs> um, oh, he goes, I think that probably a lot of people expected we were setting up a love interest there. And for me, the fact that they actually had a lot of fun, bantery, on-screen chemistry made it all the more poignant because in the end... There you could see, oh, there maybe could have been a sparring fun relationship between these two characters. (laughs) No offense. I would have felt more emotion if they had killed O'Brien. Yeah. I would have been more upset if they had killed O'Brien because I feel like that's a death that would have mattered more. Because he's or been like, involved from the start and his nephew is one of the perpetrators. Like, right. that would have had way more impact than stupid Agent Casey, who's a nobody in the grand scheme of things. I think that it would have been better. I think that the way that Tim Minear saw this was like, that this is this like 
swept off their feet unexpected romance that like we were expecting to happen that they were expecting to happen eventually and now it's this heartbreak that owen can't have it except nobody fucking cares about owen <laughs> so nobody feels a fucking thing when she right. dies maybe if they had been in a like actual relationship maybe if we had a few more episodes with her but we saw her for like four <clears throat> episodes and in every single one of those she had maybe four lines yeah like and all of them were annoyance at at owen none of them were like oh i might potentially like you no she hated him she did was not so annoyed with him pass. all the time i just <laughs> i don't get no. it I, okay we've all come to expect owen to do these grand sweeping speeches that bring a topic that is not centered on him to center on him. Mm -hmm. So here we have this threat, this potential threat of a bombing. And what does Owen do? He stands there and goes, guys, I failed you. I could have stopped this, but like I was dumb and I didn't stop it. So now (laughs) there's a potential threat. And oh, I it makes me wish that like I had known about the 9-11. Like he brings up 9-11. Oh my god. Like, god. He literally said, I wish I had known about the plane. Because what would you have done to stop 9-11, Owen? <laughs> <laughs> I just it ticks all of Owen's boxes. He ta- he yes. mentions 9-11 and he brings <laughs> the subject to center on him. <laughs> and I thought at first when we when we got the drill that we were going to get um that like initially it was some PTSD that he was experiencing and I think it would have been fucking better if he had expressed it like that instead of being like I should have prevented 9-11 I'm just like what what do you think Rob Lowe like practices these lines with a friend and they're like dude this is not fucking good no, he probably just practices it in the mirror. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> or he practices with his sons who don't care because one of them had a writing job on the show at one point anyway. So, um, <laughs> I mean, nepotism is real, folks. Um, but <laughs> the beginning scene, and Laura can back me up on this. I was messaging Laura as I was watching. And I was like, afterwards when they were like joking around and like taking photos and like Owen jumps in and he goes, this isn't a joke. I actually, as much as I hate to admit it because we all hate Owen and he overreacts, I felt like that was very valid of him considering what he knows. Because he knows more than they do at that point. So to them, it probably seemed like a major overreaction. But he knows that something's on the horizon. That would have been the perfect time for him to be like, hey, by the way, guys, um, there's this thing with the FBI going on that I've been kind of helping. So just be aware of that. He only told Judd, like, (laughs) and he didn't really tell Judd everything. He kind of just gave a half-assed explanation. (laughs) I just think that it's so insane that we went from like Owen not knowing how to turn a wire on 
to being like, I could have prevented this explosion. <laughs> you definitely couldn't have because you had the opportunity and you failed multiple times. You handed yourself over immediately. You could not have <laughs> solved this. Um, how is it anything to do with you? Like, I just think it's so conspiracy theorists to be like, to like stand in front of a group of people and be like, something is coming. That's so fucking weird. That's weird. Yeah. That is weird. My boss got us all together and she was like, something is coming. I can't tell you what, but something is happening. I would be like, I need to get a new fucking job. It's now. called um, winter is coming. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <sighs> Anything to bring up Game of Thrones, which is largely a way better show. <laughs> I don't, I will never watch Game of Thrones and I will agree with that. Listen, there were parts of Game of Thrones that were very hard for me to watch. So I ended up like just listening to them, which even that was difficult. But overall, the story plots were really great. It was just the way they handled women sometimes was not, not good. I'm sure um, that Game of Thrones is a great show, but I already don't like fantasy. And then when you had incest and rape in the first episode, I'm tuned out, babe. That's not yeah. for me. Not for yeah. me. Sorry. Yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. It took me a very long time to actually pick it up because I too was that very much like that. But then a friend of mine was like, it's the pandemic and you need something to watch. And this is really, really good. Once you get past that terrible first episode, like it's really, really good. You get really sucked in and they weren't wrong. Like I got really sucked in. <laughs> this is fair. And Hannah Waddingham is there. So yeah yeah um there's a lot of great actresses in that show like so many good actors and actresses and it's like I love it I love it so much anyways um and I did not I don't know what you're talking about I did not go into it because of um what's his name that plays the dad like that was not the reason says my lord of the rings fanatic person who plays the dad um i can never remember the actor's name but he played um hold on hold please i don't know why i'm acting like i'm gonna know this <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not i'm sure john bean john bean sean bean and in lord of the rings he played um boromir <clears throat> okay oh okay i know his face yeah the guy that died <laughs> literally he dies in a lot of the things that he does um which kind of facts 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 i don't know what i was trying to say <laughs> anyway oh back to not that i want to say this but back to owen <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah he just uh, dude is just crazy and dumb like he's yes. so dumb he at what you know he tells judd okay i've been doing this thing and now i'm gonna go do this thing he goes well what am i supposed to tell people if they ask and he goes whatever you know and it's just like um you are the worst captain of a firehouse <laughs> on the planet like you just you know that things are coming to a head with this 
terror this terrorism situation and you're walking away to go try and face it alone yourself um because you think you're so high and mighty that you can be the hero of this story legit he thought that he could stop <laughs> 9-11 mads <laughs> like, like he walks into the bar and this is honestly this is kind of where the story got a little bit more interesting and i was very surprised by this because i truly believed that it was going to end up being that these honor dogs were the reason that all this bombing explosive stuff was happening like yeah i truly believe they were behind it and then they do that nice twist of oh no it's just two of our members that have gone off the rails and it's like oh so it's not you guys at all like you guys are also a target okay great right as they should be frankly but they should truly truly and the fact that they lost 11 members sorry not sorry i don't care (laughs) no that was incredible like it's great you you just no offense you deserved it um and it also kind of like I hate to say it but I kind of felt bad a little bit for the nephew because like he had his ideals but then he got in over his head which happens when people have ideals and then they meet someone who's a little more idealish than them um they end up on the wrong end of things and like I feel bad but at the same time I'm like you still participated bro he was fully manipulated to a point right he was it was almost like I hesitate to use this word but he was almost gaslit into being like if you don't do this you're not a real like fucking honor dog or whatever the hell they called themselves (laughs) right and and he was manipulated by um the fact that What's his name? Mikey. Is that what the guy's name was? Mikey? Babe. Mickey? Mikey? I don't freaking remember. Whatever. The guy with the long hair took Mm -hmm. his family and like threatened him with his family. So like at one point he was like, okay, yo, bro, this is too much for me. I'm out. He's like, oh no, but actually I have your family. So like to a point, yes, he did participate, but then he was like, no, this is way too much. I can't do this. Yeah. Um, and then he was manipulated into staying. And like that, it does suck when that kind of stuff happens. But yeah. <clears throat> I I <clears throat> I I will I will I was so planning on saying something and now I cannot remember what. But while we are on the topic of the long-haired guy, I'm glad that we got an explanation as to why that man was shot for, like, watching that guy blow up a bunch of mannequins. Yes! Okay, yes. I, like, I I vividly remember us saying in the episode that that was, two episodes ago, maybe, we were mm-hmm. like, why did he kill him? Like, there was no fucking reason for him to do right, that. Right, and... Also, I like that it came back around where we thought this was a totally separate thing, but it was actually connected to the bigger picture, and he was actually the nephew. Like, you and I both said, oh, I didn't realize it was the nephew. Like, I didn't realize that guy was the nephew. Right. And I don't know if that's just because we weren't paying enough attention, but... I don't know either. Like, I'm like, did they ever show us a picture of the nephew? Because I can't remember. They showed us Um, that, like, really grainy picture. Yeah, which doesn't really tell you much. So maybe, maybe that was the whole point. Like, we weren't supposed to figure it out until this episode. Which, again, (laughs) this is probably the most sophisticated writing they've done in a while, which 
face <laughs> sadly not saying a lot um because it's not like it's a major like succession plot twist no this is like grade school level plot twist but it still makes it a little more interesting than usual right exactly <laughs> so like this episode wasn't completely a terrible episode i will agree with that can i also just while i'm while i'm thinking about it well let me are you gonna mention tk at the end we can i mean we can switch gears if that's what you want to do I, I just <clears throat> it's related to owen the same like that's if, fine if my father well if we're in a different universe and my father like looks me in the face and he says, I was working for the FBI. I could have stopped a terrorist attack. I didn't do it. I would lock his ass up. Yeah. I would I would call I would immediately do a 5250. What kind of insane shit are you <laughs> saying to me right now? <laughs> like you are a fire captain. And you, like, if my father uttered the words, I wish I had known about the planes, <laughs> it's immediate hospitalization for that man. Well, the other he thing. He really fumbled the ball with this one. The other thing with that is that TK has been through so much shit <laughs> with this job because of his dad's harebrained ideas. Yes. And literally during the bombing of the state capitol, which ended up being a decoy, he literally walks in and the whole squad stands there and they're like, I hate when he does that. Okay, then stop him. Like, you guys are literally standing there. You could body, like, surround him with your bodies and prevent him from going in. Like, what is wrong with you guys? It's like, at this point, it's like, it's like, Oh my God, there's a word for it. And I, of course, can't think of it, but like they are like allowing him to do this. Like, <laughs> it's like negligence on their part. They're like, we're just going to let this man kill himself. Oh man. And, and the fact that like he, Owen does this whole speech and TK doesn't even bat an eye. One, that's, that was, that was part one. And part two was that Mateo was the first one to speak up and be like, don't worry, Cap, we got your back. And it's like, bro, you can barely do your job. What are you talking about? <laughs> I will admit, he said that, and I was like, huh? <laughs> Sorry? Mateo? Really? It's the one that we're gonna we're gonna trust with this? And then he wasn't again, even there to like once push again, the ambulance. I, oh yes, he was. I literally yes, messaged this to you as I was watching. I'm once again reminded that Nancy and Mateo are together mm. because I, per every time I see it, I'm surpri surprised that it's a thing because I mentally block it from myself because yeah. I don't like it. But it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> but like Owen's doing this whole spiel about telling the ones you love that you love them and all of a sudden Nancy walks over and grabs Mateo's hand and I'm just like oh right <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> it's just it's like 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 the meme that's like is mental illness love like that's what their relationship is absolute <laughs> mental illness <laughs> it is it yeah it is <laughs> 
I think it would be so funny if they like if the writers went all in and they like had them get engaged. I think that would be so fucking funny. Oh my god, they should. I know. Actually, no, we shouldn't encourage them. <laughs> Fair. Um well so I messaged you and I said, how dare they put Carlos in harm's way again <laughs> so soon after the last thing. But actually, no, long-haired guy was in harm's way, not Carlos. Yes, very much so. Like, Carlos was just like, oh, you said a word, bam, you did. <laughs> like, he, he didn't even give him a chance. He said headshot. This man is fucking <laughs> dying right now. Like, I can't remember if he headshotted him or if he did it in the shoulder, but still, like... He was just like, you talk, bam, I'm shooting you. Like, it was... No, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was a headshot. Eh, whatever. If it was, it was. I just... That's just fucking hilarious to me. Listen, Carlos is a badass. Yes. You know who else is a badass? Um, Judd in those sunglasses. Judd in those sunglasses had me feeling... The most feral that I have about this show since the last time we saw Judd in sunglasses. Speaking of Judd in sunglasses. So one of my favorite people that I follow on Twitter, um, I've followed them since the days of being in Schitt's Creek fandom. And they're also Lone Star fandom. Um, They're one of my favorite people to follow because they're a big Carlos lover. And they like give more substance to how Carlos behaves as a brown man because they are also brown so it's like it's it's wonderful insight but anyways they tweeted today actually like only a few hours ago I love Judd and his sunglasses on calls he is so handsome and I was like yes yes he is yeah he's literally everything (laughs) and like they gave photographic evidence obviously um as they should as they should. But... <laughs> As they should. It was just like, I literally, you messaged me last night and you were literally, all you did was say, Judd and sunglasses, fire. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Judd and sunglasses, fire emoji. And I'm just like, oh, yay. Well, no, at first, <clears throat> I sent the, the alert, the siren emoji. And then oh, I right. said, Judd and sunglasses. <laughs> right. It was the, because... the fire alert emoji. Sorry. My yes, bad. Because despite Owen believing he could have stopped 9-11 the most important part of the episode last night was Judd in his sunglasses also was Judd taking charge of of Owen's inability to once again save the day oh my god where is Owen with his oh I could have prevented it oh oh and he actually had the opportunity to prevent a mass mass casualty situation and he fails to get the car all the way in the water so Judd comes along with the fire truck and goes bam and it's in the water it's like bro you had one job and Judd still finished for you like come on yeah seriously come on man (laughs) This can, this makes my official entering Judd into the captaincy campaign that is not existent, but I'm yeah. creating it right now. He needs to be yeah. the captain of the 126 because Owen is so goddamn dumb 
And not in he the is. fun himbo way. No. He's genuinely he's stupid. Dumb. He's just dumb. <laughs> like, bro, you had one job. How hard is it to drive that car fast enough and get out at the right moment that it's still going to go all the way into the water? <laughs> like, I cannot. Laura, that I cannot. so funny. <laughs> that was just, so fucking funny like <laughs> i just can't i was just like i i just uh, i was literally like judd saves the day again yeah like <laughs> owen shouldn't also wait the fact that- also grace saved the day too so actually this was the judd and grace save this was not exactly. an owen save exactly because Owen, Owen was like, oh, Grace, you need to get me to like a parking lot so this doesn't affect people. And she was like, wait, what are you carrying? And he tells her and he, she's like, oh, no, get that to water because then it'll be deactivated. And it's immediately. Like, Bitch just automatically knew. Like, immediately. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Also, supposedly that information is in the manual because Mateo repeated some of it and said it was in the manual. So Owen yeah. doesn't read the manual. Like, I, I, <laughs> hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> what the fuck? Listen, I know you guys think that Rob Lowe is keeping this show afloat, but he ain't. Jesus, no. He ain't. <clears throat> no. It's actually Judd and Grace. Thank you. No, that's legit. If they weren't there, I would have killed myself already. Like, the episodes that we don't have any visual of them are the worst episodes because they're so boring. Absolutely. 100%. Um, So, we can... So, now I feel like we can talk about that final moment of the episode um, where Owen just crashes TK and Carlos's house and brings food without (sighs) warning them that he was coming with food and they've already cooked. I know this was supposed to be a cutesy, heartwarming, father-son, like, scene. But all I could think about was, Owen, you are so goddamn rude. You do not just show up at someone's house unannounced around a mealtime. My grandmother drilled that into my brain when I was, like, five years old. I mean, yes, that is true. But I, what got me more was not even, like, the rudeness. It was, like, how... Like you said, they tried to make it like this cute family father-son moment. And it was so cringy and secondhand embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Like, I I did not know what to do with myself. I was begging for the scene to be over. So the Twitter account that I just mentioned, they, <laughs> they posted a screenshot of, of, of TK's face when, um, when Owen saying, have I told you I'm proud of you or whatever and like in the background you can see Carlos looking like what the fuck is going on and they go yeah he's a brown man saying white people tell their kids they're great (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just like oh my god I'm sure it's true because like not that I'm from a minority family in any way I'm white as the day is long but I have over my lifetime had many friends from families of color and yeah those mothers are so critical of their children 
they are not easily going to say, I'm proud of you. <clears throat> Mothers right. or fathers. And it's true, like white people do it all the time because they're like, oh my God, my kid needs a participation trophy because they participated. It's not fair for other people to win. Personally, have never experienced that, but I <laughs> do see where you're coming from. <laughs> I personally haven't experienced that either, but like that is literally the vibe of childhood sports now like kids all the kids oh, get participation trophies and it's like nobody's a winner like we need winners and losers no offense i i like the participation trophies <laughs> i think they're nice everybody should feel involved <laughs> i guess but like when i don't know like when you're playing a baseball game and it's like, oh, everybody's a winner. No, that's not how well, it works. <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense. Like, like that's like. But no, I get you. If it's like, if it's like five-year-old soccer, okay, yes, everybody gets a participation trophy. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that's what we were talking about. What are well, we talking about if not like five-year-old soccer? Well, okay. So there are a lot of parents that are like, even with their older kids, they're like, but it's not fair that that person won over my kid. My kid is great and wonderful. Like they deserve something too. Like that's kind of a lot of attitude because as someone who was previously a teacher, I had to deal with some parents like that. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was just, it was just a funny tweet and I was just like, I love this tweet. It's really funny and accurate. So fair. (laughs) (laughs) But also like Owen just showing up and being like, I'm proud of you. Like that's the whole purpose of him being there. And he couldn't have called him to tell him this. (laughs) Like Owen, bro. Your son probably wants nothing to do with you right now because you are a menace. No. <laughs> I just, I, I am still, I'm so sorry. I really am just stuck on. I wish I had known about the planes. <laughs> because not only did he mention it, he didn't just mention it once this episode, he mentioned it twice. Yes. Once with O'Brien and once with his with his crew he's he's something he's something that's that's for damn sure um yeah (laughs) oh also not to do this but to take it back to the interview from the beginning of this episode i just read Mm -hmm. the last like few sentences of it and he said that he's really looking forward to a semi crossover with nine one one that is coming up that has to do with Mateo. Mateo's cousin. Oh my god. Mateo's cousin. <laughs> it's gonna be like remember when we got that quote unquote fucking crossover and it was just Gracie and and Athena on the phone. Yes. That infuriated me because they <laughs> called it a crossover and it really wasn't. I was like, you could have actually used Athena for this. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, and in the future, apparently, Owen is going to try and create the perfect wedding for Carlos and TK. Bro, you've been married like five times. 
I just maybe not, I, but it seems like it. The joke about like, so your first wedding, <laughs> not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. <clears throat> yeah, Owen's just. We've established this many times. Owen is a menace. He's annoying. Nobody actually wants him around. Yeah. But the show is trying to make us believe that everybody wants him around. Like, that's the sad part. Like, well, I. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the worst thing (laughs) is that, look, we know that some of the people on the show are not great actors. We are aware. We have discussed it. It some sometimes in in moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the <laughs> absolutely zero emotion when your father says that you're proud of you, nothing. <laughs> Dead in the fucking eyes, dude. Dead in the eyes. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Carlos had, I don't even think he had a line. I think he took a sip of his drink in that fucking scene and he had more charisma than the person who was speaking. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, The whole, that whole awkward, very cringy line where they're like, oh, this is great wine. Like it was so awkward and cringy. Like, why are we talking about the wine? I'm confused. I think it's incredibly bold <clears throat> to assume that given given because it can't have been a year since last season, right? Right. So like didn't TK relapse last season? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Why do we have alcohol in the house? <laughs> I... Like it's just I Because just like, TK's oh, addiction is an alcohol, Laura. So true. My bad. <laughs> because there's such great addiction writers that they don't realize that when you have an addiction, you don't participate in any addictive substances. <laughs> Which I, I will say it, it, it was <laughs> I, I did. My eyes were fucking wide as they could be. I was staring trying to see if they made a mistake and put a wine glass in front of TK, but they didn't. Oh, that's good, at least. Yes. (laughs) To be fair, and I don't like to give Grey's Anatomy any, or not any, I don't like to give them very many props because they're kind of iffy on a lot of things. Um, But they're, the way they handle Amelia Shepard and her addiction story is great because one, it's not her only personality trait. And Mm -hmm. two, she's annoying whether she's a, on a, on a, having a, a relapse or a brain tumor or a normal human. So like, she's always annoying. Um, so it's hard to tell when she's not on the wagon. So it's like, oh, you kind of have to like guess. Um, but also mm-hmm. like, there's a whole thing during 2020 when her partner is like dr- day drinking because I mean, they were in lockdown, like why not? And she's just like, um, you're hiding the alcohol. He goes, well, yeah, cause you're addic- you have an addiction problem. And she's like, but the hiding it makes it even more of a problem for you. And I'm just like, okay. So like, but it was Damn, an interesting story because like 
it showed that she was trying to prevent him from becoming an alcoholic. Like she went about it the wrong way, but like it, it's just Grey's Anatomy is good with her because her addiction comes up every time she has to make a huge decision in her life. And she like says, you know, I have to really sit and think about things because I don't want an action to trigger me to get high. And I'm like, that's great. But it's also not her personality, like her whole personality. Like she's a doctor. She's a doctor who's done all these great things. And she shows that you can live past your addiction and your addiction problems. Um, nine one one. You need to learn a few things. <clears throat> Just one saying. Does not know that. <laughs> the same thing with Richard Weber and his and his alcoholism. Like, yes, it comes up occasionally, but like Richard Weber is more than his alcoholism. Like, we need to You're get right. to that point He's with Bobby. Fucking moron. <laughs> I hate Richard Weber. I wish that. Oh, man I don't like him that much either. I don't like him that much either. I'm just saying. From a standpoint of talking about addictions, Grey's Anatomy yes. actually does a great job. When he, when he, when the episode aired where he got electrocuted and then didn't die, I was furious. Oh, there's so many furious. Listen, um, I'm furious that Meredith Grey survived COVID. <laughs> it wasn't no offense, bitch was in a coma for the whole season, fighting her COVID, and then she just suddenly got better which I guess that does happen to some people but like bitch should have died like that would have been the logical (laughs) ending to her story not that it's I mean not that it's great to make her children orphans but like if we're talking about the real impact of COVID which this season that season of Grey's was trying to do they had two affluential white doctors get COVID and be totally fine. And I'm like, it would have made sense if you had killed one of them. Like, even if they hadn't killed Meredith, they could have killed the other one. Like, you should have killed somebody that wasn't just black or brown. Like, I get you were trying to show that more black and brown people died from COVID, which is true. But like, you also show that like, even the greatest people that had great medical care still died too. Um, Right. But yeah, that's my own little soapbox that's uh, for another time. Anyways, but yes, I have officially gotten to season 18 of Grey's and I'm like, do I want to continue? Yes, I do. Because Harry Shum Jr. is in season 19. That's the whole reason I did this. Because I want to watch Harry Shum Jr. That's the whole reason you did this? Yeah. I also wanted to relive the early seasons that were really, really good. Fair, I suppose. And then once I watched all those seasons, like I can't just skip to the end. I was like, I wouldn't know who anybody is because it's true. By the time season 19 rolls around, the only person I would have recognized is Bailey and, and Meredith. Yes. And possibly Weber if Weber's still around. I'm sure he is. Anyways. Speaking of Kat, Kat just messaged me back. <gasps> LOL Death would love to be on. So we're holding, we're putting this on the podcast, Kat, so that we're holding you to it. You are going to be on the podcast. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm, I honestly, I am too. Like, I've never imagined one of us, and by one of us, I mean me or any of my other journalist friends 
would ever get to interview Oliver Stark. I know. And what the she fuck? asked, she said she asked him about Buddy, and I'm like, please dish. Please dish. I know. I want to know. That's the thing. I want to know every single, like, every, like, eye twitch that he had when she asked about that. That's why we need to get her on the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Like, that just reminds me that um, Brian Michael Smith follows me on Twitter. And I did reach out to him at one point to be like, oh, would you mind coming on the podcast? He never responded. But I didn't expect him to because, like, we don't interact very often. Like, on a rare occasion, he'll like one of my tweets. But, like, I'm like, I was just like, I'm going to throw a shot in the dark. And it did not pan out. (laughs) Never hurts to ask, though. I know it doesn't ever hurt because you never know you might get that random yes exactly <clears throat> um all righty what would you rate this episode I would rate this episode probably like I I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt and say three yeah, I was going to say three, too. I think this is the first time we've agreed in a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I, I would say three. It it was better. It's been the best episode this season, um, but it's still not like, oh, my God, stellar television. No. No, no, no. Um, but I don't think, to be honest, I don't think 911 or 911 Lone Star have really ever been like stellar stellar television um yeah there's been like a rare five star rating that i've given to a 911 episode um but like for the most part i usually gave it like three to three and a half or less um when i was reviewing it for telltale like it wasn't terrible but it wasn't stellar whereas like yeah, I watched The Connors, and that show regularly gets three point five and above because they do a really good job of like balancing humor and development and whatever. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Anyways, if you don't watch it, you should watch The Connors. I feel like I say that like all the time, but whatever. <laughs> Other than Abbott Elementary, it's my favorite sitcom right now. Oh my god, it's so good. No, I'm sorry. I was talking about Abbott Elementary. I do. No, I know you were talking about Abbott Elementary. I know you were talking about Abbott Elementary. Listen, (laughs) I'm still a couple episodes behind, but I know what's going on because I follow our fellow writer Lara, and I follow a lot of other Abbott Elementary stands that can't shut up about it. So, like, I know what everything happens, even if I haven't watched the episodes. Yes. So I know that Ginny and Gregory moved to the next step. Sort of. <laughs> A little bit. If by next step you mean planting their lips on each other. <clears throat> Correct. <laughs> oh, but anyways. Um... Yeah, what else is going on in the world of television besides Ted Lasso's 
trailer. Oh yeah, Ted Lasso and Succession dropped trailers in the last week or so. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel dropped their teaser today. We got a date for single drunk female. We got a date for um, fucking. Hold on. Well, Daisy Jones and the Six comes out tonight. Um, Perry Mason is next week. The Mandalorian yep. came back this week. Poker Face yes, ends did. next I week. Watched. Um, I have not either. Yellow Jacket starts the same day as Succession does. I know. Like, March is, like, a hopping in month for everybody. Well, it's funny because it's, like, for, for like, all of five minutes, I was like, wow, why is everybody announcing their premieres? And then I was like, oh, to get it in before the Emmys deadline. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, that's it. I want to get out of the Emmys. Um, Schmigadoon starts again, too, soon. So, little, like, co, I get, well, not co, um, crossing of mutual, like, interest for me. One of my people I follow before I even got to see the Succession trailer <laughs> posted a screenshot of Logan saying, we are pirates. And they go, wow, OFMD season two looks crazy different. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like that's, that's so funny, funny. <laughs> we have a before I saw the trailer as well there's a group chat of me and seven of my friends and just randomly my friend who does not watch Succession sent a picture that is the it says I love you but you are not serious people <laughs> and it's Logan saying it and it was just like I was like you don't watch Succession how did you see this before I did um my favorite honestly my favorite quote from that succession trailer was from towards the beginning when tom is or when greg is talking to tom on the phone and he's like what do you mean he's pacing he's like he's like um what does he say he's like it's like if santa claus were a hitman (laughs) and i'm like this season is gonna be so unhinged i cannot wait (laughs) 100%. 100%. Oh, we're getting it. We're getting all the juicy deets. I already know what's going to happen with the presidential campaign only because my friend um, was an extra on the show. And in on her like private account, she posted some spoiler pics. And so I saw something. So. Bitch, I thought that you were talking about like the 2024 election i was like what are you talking about on succession duh i lost the thread for a second there i'm back no i actually do know how the 2024 election is going to go um obi-wan kenobi will become president thank you absolutely because he's our only hope (laughs) i know i'm so funny hilarious um not really but anyway (laughs) so oh before we go i watched this movie today um jim parsons movie spoiler alert i hadn't seen it yet and so like i watched it today and like everyone had talked about how how much they sobbed watching it and like i'm like i know i'm not dead inside because i cry at the drop of a hat half the time these days and i watched that whole movie and i did not cry and i'm like is it because I just cannot stand Jim Parsons? It's probably because I can't stand Jim Parsons. Oh. Are you talking about spoiler alert? 
Yeah, I said spoiler alert. I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you say that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have any opinions on, on Jim Parsons, uh, but I have, this is going to sound like the dumbest shit I've ever said. I've been, <laughs> the person who wrote the book, Michael Osiello, I've uh-huh. been following him for like 10 plus years. Oh yeah, I so follow I Michael really Osiello cool. too, which is why I wanted to watch it, but like, I was like, I knew this was going to be sad, but I was like, am I just like a heartless person? Because I did not cry. Like, That's fair. I maybe because I knew that. it was going to happen. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But I did have like a throwback moment because they're sitting at one of their t- first times that they like go on a date in the movie. Uh, they're talking about this certain sandwich shop that used to be in New York city and is no longer exists. And it was the sandwich shop that my friends and I would hang out at all the time. And so I texted my good friend and I was like, this movie I'm watching just mentioned Kosi on 51st and Broadway. He goes, Oh, I miss her. And I go, me too. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Flatbread sandwich shop. Anyways, um, anyways, next week, guys, you get a double header because nine one one comes back. I can just hear Laura's excitement. So excited! I don't even know what this episode is about. Um, I think it has something to do with the lightning storm because doesn't all hasn't hasn't Oliver been like reposting him dangling in the rain? On his Instagram. Mads. <laughs> Athena and May go undercover at the rehab facility to help Bobby with his investigation into his I forgot about history. Bobby's investigation. I'm sorry. Which one of them is going to fake an addiction? <laughs> sure. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> what? If they're both going what in undercover. I doubt Athena would pass as a nurse, so I'm pretty sure maybe they'll both go. (laughs) This is just, I can't wait to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, we are. And I think the next episode of Lone Star goes back to Tommy's relationship with the pastor. So that'll be interesting, at least. Yes. Yeah, because she's trying to bond with the daughter. An absolute. Oh, it's called Tommy Dearest. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be, at least that part might be interesting. We might get little to no Owen, fingers crossed. Oh, there's also that this is when the HR person comes back. Paul is yeah. hesitant to go on a date with Asha, who knows him prior to his transition. Yay! Oh, yay! Literally, though, when she had said, that's not a smile I'll forget or I wouldn't forget that smile or whatever I was like this is so cute I'm obsessed anyways until next time guys yay (laughs) yay bye bye